when we really do get in touch with like who we truly are and we're not living out of the guise of our trauma and what expectations were and what you have to be to be loved when all of that start it's just like it's beautiful it's so beautiful so that's why this is so synergistic you know with the food and the healing and, oh. and all the stuff yeah the food for like the beans really healed my nervous system allowing me to be able to access mm. the inner child allowing me to access the shadows allowing me to actually reorientate myself from a place of authenticity and integrity Hello and welcome to Your Great with your host, Unique Hammond. I created the Your Great podcast for those seeking inspiration and tools along your healing path. One of the things I learned on my own healing journey is that healing my body, well, it took a lot of things. It took healing my relationship with my body, which was very out of alignment. My relationship to my body was very skin deep. What I learned very quickly is those who look healthy are not always healthy because I was at my healthiest when I became my sickest. What we look like is one thing, but actually what we're made of is so much more important. I also had to heal my relationship with my emotional body and my spiritual body as well. It was really a full body experience. And so that is why this podcast exists, because I seek to support those on their journey and looking to deepen their relationship with their body and their wellness and their intuition and everything in between. Today's guest is Lacey Phillips. Lacey is my friend and my client and the founder of To Be Magnetic, a global manifestation expert and speaker specializing in unblocking some conscious beliefs of unworthiness while expanding into alignment with what one is calling into their life. In 2019, To Be Magnetic launched The Pathway, a digital workshop membership program centering on Lacey's unique manifestations formula. Rooted in basic psychology, neuroscience research, and her energetic gifts, which emphasizes creating new neural pathways and navigating lessons from the universe. In this podcast, we really just get to chat about all things that we're doing, diet, her preparation for baby number two, and all of the wonderful things going on at To Be Magnetic and The Pathway. I hope you enjoy our conversation. As always, I feel like we always come together when it's right, when it works. So the Aquarius full moon. Aquarius full moon. That's <laughs> what so ended up working out totally unexpectedly. And I've seen a lot of things about Lionsgate, which I don't really, I wish I knew more about, but I don't. So I don't know. Yeah. Do you know more about that Lionsgate? Well, I used it to call in the second baby, like to really communicate with him. I don't know enough about it, but I know it's auspicious and, you know, you plant seeds and all of the things. The one thing I will say, it it had to have been because I was so exhausted that like, I know when I'm really connected to something celestial that's happening, when I just like cannot, it's like trying to take a spatula to get me off the ground. I'm like, oh, something's going on because it's not my adrenals or anything. Like it's just planetary, you know? 
the pressure. Well, it is interesting being a Pisces. I feel it. And I have my whole life. I just didn't have words for it. When I was sick, I could feel it was almost like the moon was, it, this is going to sound really crazy, but I felt like the moon was pulling that the toxins in my body, like things were more painful during full moons for me. Well, this book that I just finished recently, this herbalist that I'm loving about animals, like all the animal things going on, but an old, like she really went and lived with the gypsies and the peasants and the nomads to learn their old ways of herbalism with animals. And it was, she was the first woman to bring holistic medicine to vets in general. But an old French peasant said, when you're deworming horses, do it with the full moon because of the eggs and the et cetera and the et cetera. So it's not mm -hmm. crazy to me that the moon is controlling a lot of what's happening to the toxicity in our body. Ancient wisdom there, I think, with the moon. Yeah. So much. I mean, so much of before, you know, the civilized time. And I say that because it's not so civilized. I agree. But. I think. I mean, we're on the same page. So <laughs> They really did a lot by the moon and they could really tell what was going to, you know, the planting. And I mean, it just, I was reading this book recently and it was just diving into how deep the moon was such a guiding factor for mm -hmm. so many different ceremonies, but planting crops. And I think that's more biodynamic. They do. Yeah. By, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Today I'm going to be harvesting stuff from our garden. I love so. watching your life. <laughs> I'm like, you have so many animals. I love that. And and we're like, and so many more to come. It's I'm really I've gone off my rocker, but I love it. We're so happy. It's and just so many the best. I'm like kitties. And yeah, I know. It's amazing. We're getting another puppy. We're insane. We're just insane. But it's awesome. I it's love fun. It. We have the space. You're living your best life. Living the best life. It's the one I always dreamed up and didn't even know about really so isn't that unbelievable I've, yeah. I've just watched you transform over time just absolutely manifest the life that you want and I'm excited to talk about you know your preparation and how you're going about baby number two and it sounds like you've already called him in which is yeah beautiful. Yeah, I feel like he's been around since Teddy came and it was like hold on hold on relax like he's really really wanting to come through. And of course we have embryos from the first IVF. So I get to, you know, like choose a sex and stuff. And, and interestingly, I mean, we can just hop right into it, but Max, I gave him until, cause I wanted six months before I gave him until, cause we're going to, you know, do the transfer in December. I think it was until June would have been six months. Is that right? Yeah. June. And he just could not get with it on the beam protocol. And I was like, that's it. You lost your window of us trying naturally because I know how much we both were on the bean protocol for six months prior to doing IVF. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the Teddy's such a prime example of how much we prepared our bodies and how clean they were and nourished they were that, yeah, you lost your window. We're not going to try naturally this time. We're just going to go straight with an embryo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm like so serious about this. <laughs> I would check with him each day and he's just kind of over the beans. And I was like, did you do your psyllium husk three times today? You know, because he doesn't have any health issues. And he was like, oh, I forgot the morning and the night. I was like, well, you know, so. But does he, well, I guess the question I would ask you is, do you feel like he's incurring any 
toxicities that would interfere with it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He eats like it for breakfast and lunch. He eats like super GMO, you know, talk his, it's like tacos and pizzas because he's out, you know, and then when he's home, we have a wonderful, you know, chef who prepares like amazing things for us. And it's so clean. And I'm like, if you're not clearing that out all day long, I'm not interested. And he was so serious with me that first time around, like so serious. He had the beans at his office every day. You know, he wasn't touching like any of the stuff, no caffeine. Like, look at Teddy. She's a great product at that. So she's the healthy kids, you know. <laughs> she's so fun. She's just so fun and so great and just with it and amazing. And yeah, so Is that's parenting anything like you thought it was going to be? It is. It is a lot. Her personality, I, I obviously couldn't predict and how she is, you know, and so that I knew would be open. But it, it is so far. She's only 16 months. And I think what helps so much about it all is that we are on, you know, land. So it's like naked outside, you know, and it's not... I imagine like if we were in an apartment in New York, it would be different. There wouldn't be as much freedom and as much openness and and ease to just have space and run around and do things. And I say this because I reflect on my childhood, which I would say like the, my safest and best places that I was as a child was my grandparents' ranch. And and I had a very similar you, I imagine, though, kind of, you know, always <laughs> like in transition, had a very similar thing. And I think I don't have anything to compare with at this moment, but I think it just makes for a lot more easefulness when you just have a lot of nature and very little rigidity. We don't live in isolation. We live in community with ourselves, with other animals, with other microbes. And so what feel what it feels like you're creating for your family is a real connection to everything that truly is, which is nature. The things that we create, weirdly, the further we go, the more separate we become from from nature, which is really our I health. agree. That dirt, that the fact that she gets to run around naked and play in the dirt and play in the water and be with the animals. So many people forget to have an animal and that animal alone can actually have so many health benefits. So many health benefits. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So it, it's not easy to be a new parent necessarily and have animals, but I've or, always done it because mm -hmm. I was like, just that it's that unconditional love, that, mm -hmm. that unconditional energy. That yeah. Shared. Big time and empathy, et cetera. Although there's a lot of like, Marigold only likes to be pet gently. She doesn't <laughs> like her hair pulled. Like it's a lot, of, a lot of teaching. Oh, that's really ouchy for Odie. Like, <laughs> so she, and she yesterday she was feeding the donkeys a cookie and we've been trying to teach her like your palm has to be flat and she put her finger and got a little bite and she was, oh. and so she's learning a lot. <laughs> those are real life lessons, right? Yeah. Those are not perceived lesson. It's like yeah. cause and effect. And, and I think that kind of feedback also is so powerful for our children of not be careful, be careful, but like, here, put your hand out. Yeah. Cause and oh yeah, that will happen if they yes. have little fingers. It's like, you know, I reflect on my own parenting a lot and I think I wish I would have replaced be careful with be aware. Ah, uh, that's good. That's you know? really good. Because yeah. be careful is like almost like setting in fear before yeah, fear scared. happened, right? Whereas be aware, it's like just notice. Notice yeah. the space around and, you know, I reflect on lines. Yeah, and the options. And and most importantly, feel. Feel like 
how are things feeling in mm. the space? And, you know, my daughter was traveling recently on her own in Europe. And I was like, and I was very intentional. I wasn't be careful. I said, just be aware, just be aware, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like proud of myself because I was like, you're breaking this habit of be careful. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Which yeah. one is traveling right now? She just got back, the youngest, my 20. I knew it was her. Yeah, <laughs> I knew, I knew. She's just that Pisces out in the world. She's a little MG on her. Oh, uh, yeah. Best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Literally. yeah. That's what Teddy is. So I'm always trying to keep that in mind with the parenting thing. And like some, she has all of those things, you know, it's like sometimes she wants to eat a lot. I mean, it's normal. She's growing and stuff. And then sometimes she doesn't want to eat. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You, you'll um, eat when you're hungry. Bless you for yeah. allowing her rhythms. I don't know if you guys had this issue, but I reflect on like my friends who were raised in Big Sur or like close to Esalen and stuff. And and just their relationship with food in general and, you know, how it, I think it can be really positive or negative or whatever. And I think we don't realize as, you know, we're raising women in society that when people are really health centric or into food, even that can create a lot of issues with you know, anorexia or just whatever, because there's so much focus on health and food. And I think finding that balance and communication is so, so, so important. So important. Uh, I would agree with you 100%. My parents were very health centric and very anti-sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think, yeah, sugar's not great, but how do you raise children with a balance of, because later I would become very addicted to sugar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I you didn't have any. I was raised on honey and, you know, yeah. it was like baked goods. If my mom baked, it was like for a birthday. So, yeah. So it was like this taboo. And I think when something taboo, it becomes, especially for someone like me, I've made the joke a lot that my first book should have been called Snickers for breakfast. And so the yeah. kids are assholes because... I was like, I literally was like chocolate bar in my bag, chocolate bar at work. Like, wow, such a fine line because Teddy hasn't had sugar yet, but I'm cool, uh, you know, with it around. And I know I have until what, like another six months and then there'll be a birthday party and it's like, do whatever, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm like, right now her microbiome, while she doesn't care, I have that control over, you know, but it is so interesting to remember, like, can't be crazy about that stuff. No, because then it it's either going to incite the rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what it did for me. It was like, ooh, you know, I, I actually reflect a lot on how being a one three must have been terrifying for my mom because yeah. I had to learn everything for myself, right? And, hard. Right. And as a mom, you're like, <gasps> Yeah. I <laughs> know. The sugar thing is it's tough. It's a tough one because as soon as you have birthday parties and they taste real sugar. I, Real sugar is like yeah. cracky McCracky comes yeah. out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. And that their little bodies, how fast it processes. I would see that with my siblings and I'd be like, oh my gosh. And I have this other thing in, in my mind, which is my own stuff to work through. But I I can tell, like even I, I let her have like berries and stuff. I always try to make sure she has like fat and protein with them, like almond butter and stuff. But I could see when she would have apples and bananas, like she would have the ups and downs. And I was like, we're cooling it on those high, high sugar things for a bit. And with kids, I see that a lot where I think I was talking to my friend and she's like, I can see the difference between my sister's kids and my kids because we don't do that stuff a lot. And, you know, that's when you get like the whiny, the clingy, the crashes. And 
And I think if kids are going to have that, just like the education around that, they have to have fats and protein around it. Like they have to have like slow that down. Right. Well, also, some of us are more sensitive to sugar than others. Right. Like I tend to be more sensitive. I am definitely living that longevity plan where my thing is blueberries. Right now, I'm not like cold food person, but lately, especially since I don't have a kitchen, I'm doing these smoothies, believe it or not. No, no ice in them, but I'm doing frozen blueberries, kale, Italian parsley, avocado, an entire lemon, which I peel and feed, and then a carrot. And I, and I'm, and just water. I'm blending it all together. So it's mostly greens and that vitamin C kick of the lemon. Like I literally just peel it and chop it up into rounds and take the seeds out and throw it in. So it's like all of that vitamin C and I've been having that every morning for the last month and I amazing love it. I oh, love it. So, so I think it's like, you know, the bean protocol is an interesting protocol because I think for healing, you have what I consider healing protocol. Yeah. You have like lifestyle protocol of like maintenance of wellness and the maintenance of wellness. I bring in a lot more berries. I'm again, I really try to get people behind the idea of local and seasonal because yeah. if you're local and seasonal and you're in California you're not necessarily eating all the tropical fruits. Totally, totally. So you're kind of like tapping into local seasonal wisdom, which I think there's a lot of, you know, that we're missing out on. I think so too. That's amazing. I have to hear more about what you're up to lately because I feel like I'm pretty healed in a lot of ways. My only little thing can be, I still get the spikes of blood sugar. So I Mm -hmm. I don't touch like anything sweet. I'm definitely not a good parent if I do. I haven't had it since Teddy has been born, like any fruit or anything because I know become reactive, snappy, short. So I don't touch that, but I definitely like add in you know, like the beets and the things and the stuff to get mm-hmm. those those same antioxidants. But I have to hear more of what you're up to because I feel like aside from that, I'm really consistent. My hormones are fantastic now. And and I just want to know like what's step two, you know? Yes. I mean, and and first of all, I just want to commend you because listening to your body, I feel like the future of wellness just at large is individual health, right? Yeah. And like intuition. We, and intuition and being in your body. What I love about the work that you put in the world and to be magnetic and the pathway is that you are giving this direct access to get in touch with your body. Mm. I lived the first half of my life outside of my body. Yeah, same. Totally outside same. of my body. So the fact that I got sick and my illness pulled me back into my body mm-hmm. was a profound experience. But now I navigate through my base is the being protocol. Okay. Every single nine, 10 years in January. Wow. Yeah. I've been eating beans for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. That's my base, right? Yeah. I wake up, I have husk. If I Sometimes I'll swap out the avocado for beans in that Mm -hmm. smoothie that I make, like I'll throw Mm -hmm. in white beans and went fit. For me, that will never change. That will always be my anywhere from 95 to 100%. I would say where I kind of like have been playing is with blueberries and like, how do I feel? And Mm. is it good for me? And I'll probably, as soon as blueberry season is over, I'll probably just cut it out again. Yeah. I won't, I won't seek it out if it's not in season. Yeah. Uh, And that's only literally in the last couple of years that I have blueberries in after. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, are you like just a bean three times a day kind of person now because you're so healed? Yeah, I do. I do husk in the morning and then I do a big bean salad. Like my favorite thing to do right now without a kitchen is to do two big thing cans of eaten beans. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm just in love with Italian parsley right now, but yeah, you are. (laughs) Your body's craving it. 
you know, there's something in it. Something there because the taste, yeah. I'm like, I literally would just chew it if it wasn't weird. But wow, Italian parsley, I'll blanch red onions and then put that in and I'll do just a squeeze of lemon and sea salt and I'll do oh. a bunch of peppers and tomatoes and it's a fresh, a big fresh salad and I've just been putting And no protein. No, I'll put it egg. Oh, egg, egg. Mm-hmm. Got it, got I'll, it. I'll soft, soft boil two eggs and throw it on there. But because it's like the vegetables are already there, so everything mm-hmm. is already... And the fact that I can eat all of these raw vegetables is like heaven. Oh, I was like, thank you, little gut. Thank yeah. you for the protocol. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know because you couldn't when you were sick, right? At all. Yeah. You no, know, I couldn't eat raw foods for years. Even after I healed my gut, my body just w- could not break down those fibers. And then when I added, slowly started adding raw food in, it was like cucumber without a skin. And now mm. I can sit down to a kale salad and my body totally processes everything. Wow. That's amazing. And then what's the rest of the day? I'm like, let's hear the rest. <laughs> You probably talked about this on the podcast before, but I want to know. And then I will do like a half a cup of nuts or sometimes I do a half a jar of nut butter. Like I'll I'll also let my body tell me about that. Like I know Karen does a cup and a half every day and that's just like, but I realized for me, like there are some times where I can handle a lot of nuts and then there's some times where I can handle less. So I really try to feel that part out. And I think a half a cup and a half a jar of nut butter is probably like, a lot. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. I'll just that's stand great. there. With Are you still doing the the stone ground stone something? Sorcerer's source, stone ground or something like something that? Something like that. No, yeah. I haven't done that in a while. I've been kind of on this. I've been on this Santa Cruz dark. Oh, yeah. Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Peanut butter okay. kick. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about peanut butter right now. Let me tell you. it's It feels like a peanut PBJ or something. Like, it's so tasty. Oh, yeah. And I'll even like... <laughs> Do you put salt on it or it has salt in it? I even add a little salt on it. Like I'll stand there with my salt and my spoon and I'll just be like. I'm all about this and I throw some bee pollen on because that's how I get my bees, my bee complex. I can't get it in any other form. It's too stimulating, but I know I'm getting it when I do that because my nails start to get so strong and grow. Bee pollen. That is so clever. Yeah. It's a spoonful. And it it cover. I feel like it's literally a multivitamin in one. That's it. That's the thing that in an infusion I do every day. Oh, that's so good. And then we'll talk about that infusion in a minute. So I'll tell you the rest of my day. Yeah. So then I'll do that. Sometimes, honestly, lately I've been doing a protein snack. Um, mm. I've been, because of the construction and not sleeping as well and smells, I've been like feeling tired. So I'm like protein snack in the afternoon sometimes instead or with, and then, and then maybe in addition, even I'll have a fat snack and then later I'll have a little protein snack. And then I've been eating really early during the summer. Uh, I think you go to like sleep with 30. Dusk, wake up with dawn. I do too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Later on five five thirty because I like a little window before bed to kind yeah. of digest and move like I'll move around the outside and water plants and whatever else I'll kind of just move before dinner and then for dinner will be a protein a bunch of vegetables and beans great and and a lot of times a start with a salad so yeah sometimes you know like last night Will made pasta I wasn't really feeling pasta but so sometimes we'll kind of eat various things that we make and I had a few bites of the pasta and I was like. Actually, that's like the couple bites that I had was perfect, but I don't yeah. really kind of get down with a lot of processed food. Okay, if I go, got if it. I go out, then it's like I, I'll take my house before I go out. But what I also do is I also get a salad before if let's just say Will's like, let's go to Chilina and get a pizza. Yeah. And I'm like, 
fine. Let's go to Jillian. I get a pizza. I'll have a big salad first just to kind of like make sure my blood sugar is regulated. I think that a lot of people who are imbalanced have in common is blood sugar spikes. Like, yeah, spikes. Yeah. I'm one of them. I'm the, I I same. Yeah. So always it's like salad first. Yeah. And then the salad just, I don't even notice the pizza then after that. And I'm not allergic to dairy. The same. I've been doing dairy. Yeah, I love it. I'm just, I'm kind of allergic because I get a drip, but I do a lot of raw cheese and stuff. Okay. I just, it's so tasty to me and I love it. Like, One last yeah. question I have for you. Protein wise, it sounds like you're really light with protein. Like you don't, it doesn't sound like you're doing a ton of dark meats and stuff. I, or is it just summery? Oh yeah, it's summery, but I do lamb. I okay. do buffalo. Okay. I do chicken. I Got do it. eggs. Like my snack is. What is it? Beef jerky? Yeah. It's yeah. fed biltong jerky. Basically it's South African jerky, basically. And it's just grass-fed and dried. It's not. It's just dried meat with wow. salt. So that's my snack throughout the day. I do red meat. I do, like in the wintertime, we do a lot more red meat. Same. Do, yeah. You know, more heavy. But my protein is really important to me. I'm definitely an omnivore. I've Having parents who are like the original vegan macrobiotics. And, yeah. You know, then the, our dad was like, he's like, it's medicine for yeah. our family, it's medicine. Without it, we were just shriveled away, human, yeah. no energy. And I remember exploring it for myself in my 20s. And I I just was like, I feel no life force. Same. So, I'm the same. I have nothing when I, yeah. but I haven't. I've there, and I think it's just summer recently. I We have a lot of red meat in our fridge right now, like different prepared things. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, this is so heavy for my body. I know in the fall I'll want that more, but I've I've been like, let's do crab. Let's do, I'm like all about, I'm like, get crab, lobster in here. Let's do scallops. (laughs) I want like fresh, Mm -hmm. fresh, you know, fish, like not seawater fish, but freshwater fish and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So my body's been like lighter, just get, I think it's summery. But for me, it's so literally since the moment I gave birth, I've been preparing for two. So making sure I'm like extremely nourished. And it was really fascinating. Like a lot of people talked about after birth, like, you know, it takes a while to heal and stuff. Like my bleeding stopped so fast, like everything in my body. I never had engorged boobs or anything like that from milk because I think I was doing the beans and stuff. Like my pregnancy was so straightforward and simple. My birth was so fast and straightforward and easy. Postpartum, such an easy thing to heal. I've never once felt depleted aside from tired, but like so nourished. Even when I think now I'm like preparing for the second baby, I'm just like, my body's never felt not prepared. Like it feels so nourished. I've never felt like, oh, I'm I'm low on this or something. It's crazy. So for me, it's just been everything I did prior to getting pregnant during pregnancy. But like my day, everybody asks this all the time whenever I do, you know, and I never answer it because it changes. But whenever I'll do like an ask me anything, they're like, give us a day of what you eat on the bean protocol. So I'll say it here. It's a great place. But I wake up just like you. I do one, you know, teaspoon of psyllium husk, and then I follow it with a warm lemon water always that just feels really nourishing and nice to me still in the summer. I wait until I'm hungry, which is, you know, not 
long after. It'll be probably like 30, 40 minutes after that. And my traditional breakfast that I had all throughout pregnancy and still crave, like to this day is so tasty. I'll do two eggs. And I use a lot of olive oil for this. So I don't like separate in the morning my beans and oils. It just, it feels fine. Mm -hmm. And I do so many beans and psyllium husk throughout the day that I know that there's plenty of time to take out the trash, as you say. So my main Breakfast will always be two, and I share it with Teddy. So I do extra, like in pregnancy, it was one egg. It's two eggs, whatever beans I have cooked, the beans, and then some I love, I still and have always loved fermented vegetables. It just, I crave them. It's the taste, but I know obviously the probiotics too. So I do fermented vegetables and an avocado. So that's my breakfast every morning. And then beyond that, it's just variations throughout the day of when am I going to fit in my nuts or almond butter, like I've been doing with the bee pollen. And usually that'll be after that is when I'll fit that in for the next eating period. But I eat a lot throughout the day. I think it's, I'm still nursing and I'm just, I think very, you know, I'm, I'm the projector that needs it to stay grounded. And whereas all my other projector friends are all vegans. But if I try that, I, I can't even function. I don't have enough energy. I need protein. I need heavier grounding foods for me. And so throughout the day, it'll, it'll just be whenever I'm hungry, I'll do a bean vegetable protein, whatever's in the fridge. And then always in the mid-afternoon, I end up having my green smoothie. And that's like loaded to get everything in. Tell me what's in it. I want to know. I'm like, let me see if I can remember. I feel like I have notes because we have the most wonderful chef on the planet who supports us, which is Greg from Dark Horse Organic. He's like, when we were able to work with him, I was like, I cried. I was like, are you kidding that that's possible? Which is not look amazing, by the way. He's incredible. And I know it's like incredibly privileged to be able to work with him. But to me, like health is is like right now he's making our jun because max loves it and he has it every day and the store bought one a it's like all of those bottles going onto the plant that's a whole problem for me but b they're just so high in sugars and so for him like he's he's perfecting ours for max i can't do it it's, it'll be way too much for me but it's going to be like as little amount of honey as we need to ferment it and doing like a white or a rose tea for little caffeine and then we're using all of the things off of our land like this first batch is going to be the elderberries and black sage from our land like really really getting deep with seasonal on the land but in my smoothie let me see if i can remember everything i'm like throw the bath sink in there. I want to make sure this one thing a day gets all of my needs met. And so it has, let's start from the top. It has parsley, cilantro, avocado, celery, romaine, spinach, kale, a lemon, a little bit of spirulina, vanilla, bean, mm. and then raw nut milk, raw whatever nut milk he's made for us. And then like his objective, because it isn't sweet, is to make it taste very creamy. So he uses all of that to to get it to a really creamy place. Oh, and almond butter or nut butter is in it as well. Mm, yeah. So it's so good. And I do that in the afternoon. And then after that, I'll just move back into when I'm hungry, it's beans, vegetable. Are you still trying to get beans without fats in your day? I'm not 
that mindful of it, to be honest. It's Mm -hmm. kind of just whatever I'm craving. Most bean dishes have avocado. I eat a lot of avocado, like a lot of avocado. And for me, it's because I love it. It's creamy. It tastes great. It gets the fat that I want. So it's actually aside from if, unless I'm like, oh, I haven't had beans in a while. I'm going to just take a swig of psyllium husk Mm -hmm. or the morning one. I'm not even thinking about it. Separating. The only time I think it's like, I separate is just the time that I have the nuts to really, really let that be its own thing that the psyllium husker, the beans aren't taking it out Mm -hmm. because I do notice with my skin is the most beautiful when I've been targeted about the fats of the day or to have movements. Like it's really important for me to do the fats correctly. I don't think about olive oil in my beans or, or at this point or avocado in my beans or fish in my beans. It's all. Yeah, I was going to say, you seem like you've got the radiant, you know, health going on and and the balance with your food and finding your bean protocol, right? Yeah. I'm like, when when someone is past the healing stage, it's really letting go a little bit and becoming kind of like fluid with your nourishment to start and discovering what that nourishment for you is. Did you find, because early on when when you were nursing, we were like tweaking your protocol. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did have to cut out the beans for quite some time because Mm -hmm. of her gas Mm -hmm. and that it was, I was doing too many beans that it was making my milk supply. We did our nuts or fat fat. time. But it was so interesting to watch my body was like, I need, because I think is that the two, I have like double MTHFR. I don't know what it is, but my body was like, please give me the support of psyllium husk or something. So I had to figure out a way to do it while like really pumping up the fat. So we were just tweaking until that. And it, it honestly kept tweaking because my milk supply needs would be tweaking. She needed a lot more and then it would taper and taper until she did the food. And I think I officially brought beans back at I want to say like seven months. She her it didn't bother her digestion. Did your milk come in abundantly at some point, or was no. it kind of okay? And I think for me, what that was is maybe the IVF because I had my postpartum doula said I didn't want to tell you this when we were working together, but I've seen that with multiple of my IVF clients mm-hmm. that they would have milk supply issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be curious. I don't know what that is. It's maybe just hormone. You know what Karen just said on the last podcast I just did with her, because I have her on every quarter, is that she was saying that nursing women and pregnant women actually need more protein throughout the day. I would have it a lot yeah. in the, back then. It was like, couldn't get enough. I And I, I ate a lot of food to where now, there was a point where I was like, I think I can cut this down a little. <laughs> I think I'm still eating a lot and I don't need to be eating a lot because my body just was not getting back to my body. And that's an interesting thing. Like my body isn't back to what it was pre-getting pregnant. And I've just rolled with it because I know I'm getting pregnant again and it's bigger than it was, but I feel so nourished and I'm giving it everything it needs. And I'm just having to like dress my body differently. And I'm still incredibly privileged in my body the way it is, but it, it is hard. beautiful. Your body, Thank every you. time you wear the cutest dresses and oh. you have the longest legs. And I'm always like... The legs are the asset. I'm always like, as long as I show those, I feel fine. Like puffy sleeves, flowy dress, show the legs. And I feel like it's proportioned. Beautiful legs. <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel like you have long legs. Are you shorter? How I'm short are you? I'm 5'7". 
That's like, what I am. I know, but I feel like you're a taller 5'7", if that makes huh. sense. Huh. You're so like, interesting. You feel like you're 5'8 to me. I'm just going to say I'll, that. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take that. <laughs> Happily. <laughs> what about Celeste, your sister? Did she stay on the beam protocol post, post-birth? Little Ricky, like she had to really mess with her diet for a while for him. His tummy was very sensitive. But she did a lot of work for him and he's so healthy now. Wow. Yeah, he's just incredibly healthy. But she had to pull like cruciferous out for a while. Yeah, I did It was bothering him. Then she had to bring out beans for a while and then Mm -hmm. she brought them back in and then she got him on beans. So, wow. Yeah. Because she looks amazing. I'm like, she really got back to herself. Like such a Taurus, such a Taurus, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> and she nurses on demand. You know, she's still nursing now, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what she told me too. He yeah. really, he really gets a lot from it. Like, yeah, you know, his, emotionally, everything, yeah. Yeah. everything. Like it's so she's just kind of rolling with it. I met a friend of mine with a friend of mine yesterday, and he's fifty three and and really wanting to have a child and kind of looking at that. And he's like, I know I'm older, and I'm like, I just want to time out for a minute. We have this obsession with people being yeah. young. I'm like, let me tell you, they're such a better I, parent. Oh my goodness! Like being older means that you hopefully worked through a fair amount of your own mm-hmm. ding ding dong bullshit. And you can hold space for them being the human being that they're here to be. Whereas when you're as young as I was, you're so worried about being a good parent that you're interfering with their ability Mm -hmm. to become who they are because you just can't hold that space. You don't have the wherewithal to hold the space. Or you haven't done your stuff too. No, like I was doing my stuff while I was raising kids. So I apologize to them all the time. Same. So sorry. <laughs> I'm this. I'm just like mom's having really big feeling. Like I always make sure to commute, even though she's like, huh? Like I mean, she gets it, but it's just I think that's so important to like have that communication and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Oh, it's and so I was just saying to him, I'm like, look, you know, grandparents played such an important role in children's lives in communities because they had that ability to hold space for the kids so that the kids were able to kind of come up in a different way. Whereas a lot of times the parents are worried about money or worried about this and their worry is kind of like filling the space versus just them being able to have the space. So agreed. you know, it's complex though the parent thing. So I just told him like 53. He's like, so I'll be the father and the grandpa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, basically. But it's amazing. I was like, why not? I think of my grandparents and I'm like, they are the people, the only reason why I have any self-confidence, any self-worth, you know, it's so key what you told him and and so big. And he's in LA, every dad's 53. Or I know the Peter Pans that are just starting for the first time like in their 50s. Yeah, where it's, that's so common to me. That, yeah, that definitely, like this friend of mine was definitely like living his best life until yeah. finally at 53, he's like, wait, I really want to have that experience. Like, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So wait, how do you integrate and do you do raw dairy? Like what is your relationship with dairy? So I just do little pieces of raw, raw dairy here and there. It's honestly like my treat because I don't have, I can't do the sugar. Are you a cheese person? I, oh, I'm a cheese chocolate. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had chocolate in years and stuff, but all of those things I love. And so for me, it's like a little treat that I'll have it on those jovial sourdough. You know, I love those crackers. Mm-hmm. And I'll just have a few of those with some really nice raw goat cheese. I think it's a raw goat cheddar that I love. And it just is so cozy and fun and feels great. And and or sometimes on my breakfast, I'll put a few little slices of that and, you know, have that with the breakfast too. 
So it's really minor and no, like I can't overdo any type of other dairy because I'll get the drip or I'll be constipated or whatever. So I'll know when I shouldn't be around it. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely reactive, not in a in the ways that other like lactose intolerant and stuff, but that my body's sensitive to it, which I never noticed younger. But yeah, so that's the it's like a little treat and tasty little fun thing that I loop in. Or if I'm at a gathering or something, I just like go straight to the cheese board and I go for it. I'm like, whatever, this is fantastic. <laughs> so, I'm like, yes, this is why I came to the party. Good cheese plate. <laughs> yeah, good cheese plate. So anybody just have a good cheese plate at a party. All the chicks in the room will be happy. My cats love cheese. Everyone loves cheese here. It's so fascinating when you raise like cats and dogs on raw meat, like their traditional stuff. They're like, when they find anything out, they love, she loves squash, like she loves everything, all of our animals. So it's fascinating to watch the cats. They'll lick my smoothie like a jar. They love everything. Your smoothie sounds a lot like my smoothie. I was going to say like the parsley, but I, so instead of making it creamy, I make mine very aromatic. Like I uh, use, if you buy a bunch of the parsley, I use the entire parsley in it. Like, wow. I make it so aromatic. Yeah. Wow. So it's just so invigorating and refreshing and stuff. And it, oh, interesting thing, uh, a couple things is that I recently learned that oxalates clear heavy metals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fine. Like That's I, why I do cilantro and everything. Yeah. For I, sure. Like, this whole thing about oxalates. And then the doctor I was interviewing was like, yeah, you just need to drink enough water so that you're peeing out the oxalates. Like that's Wow. What about sure. the, don't the beans do it too? Don't they help clear out the heavy metals? The beans via the bile, but the oxalates do. So it's really amazing to me because a lot of metals reside naturally in our earth. And yeah. it's beautiful to me that in nature, we have things to chelate them naturally. Yeah. Right? So it's almost like nothing is by mistake. You know, if we're not supposed to have a buildup of metals in our body, we're supposed to be eating a lot of vegetables. So if you're eating the vegetables from the earth that have metals in it, then you're also chelating the metals from the body. Wow. I, I was thinking about that and I'm like, drink enough water, eat enough vegetables. What are the big ones? What are the big? I, I've always heard cilantro. What are the other big ones? I mean, oxalates are in so many foods. When I meet somebody who is sensitive to oxalates, who knows why, what interference is happening or what pathway is being blocked, but they're not and they're just absorbing them. But spinach has a ton of oxalates. Mm. There, there are some in beans. I also, I love rhubarb. Like rhubarb <sighs> is my. Yes, I've got to get on rhubarb. Rhubarb has a lot of oxalates in it. Yeah. I know those ones are like the biggie biggies. I know nuts have some oxalates. So you actually like just by eating a whole foods diet, you're going to get chelators in there. Wow. That's so good to know. Because I yeah. think about, is this so, this is so out there, but I do look at the sky and I see all of this. I can see what's happening up there. And that's the only, I mean, there are things that freak me out, but that's the one that I'm like, I don't do, I, I really don't have control over that, of this farm that I'm creating. And I do think that that's happening, you know? And so I'm like, does this clear that out? Because <laughs> I'm always thinking about that. I mean, it clears anytime you're going to support your major detox systems, like the liver and the gallbladder, you know, even if your beans are with fats, you're still, a certain amount is still going to bind up that bile, right? So I feel it's a modern dilemma that we have that mm -hmm. we need more fiber than ever. I feel like even though when they look at ancient, you know, they're like eating 100 grams of fiber a day or something. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But our ancestors, but I think in today's world, there is more focus needed because we are so much more exposed mm -hmm. to man-made 
toxins than ever. Yeah. I, for one, try not to be hyper vigilant. I try to create a space that is healthy for me. Yeah. And then same. let go of the rest. I haven't been on supplements since I've been on the protocol. Yeah. I, I get blood work. Again, I'm very privileged to get my blood work. I need you know, to do that. Three, I never four do times it. a year. I check okay. mine three, four times a year just to make sure that everything I'm doing, because there's so much rhetoric in the health world that there's not enough nutrients in food. Yeah. I don't have a garden because yeah. I have like a funky little backyard. But, yeah. Yeah. I remember. But, yeah, so I get mine by the farmer's market and I get mine from the market. And yeah. I, all of my hormone levels, nutrient levels, everything has been beautiful. Even your so, vitamin D, always. Yeah. Okay, my vitamin D is always, the doctors are mad at me because same, same, mine always. is always like low, so low, like 25. It's same. I'm always like 21 to 25, yeah. always. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I eat eggs, I get outside, and I do need to be better at getting outside when the sun still has like the more potent energy, um, the infrared get, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. To get that vitamin D through the skin. Um, halfway, mm-hmm. but I don't feel called to supplement with it at this point. I'm just, I'm one of those people where if something doesn't land as true, I kind of sit on the edge and wait for same. a deeper truth to come through. And I'm yeah. doing that with vitamin D right now. Yeah, so. I'm the same exact. I'm like, I wouldn't have done this 200 years ago in England. You right. Know, it's like, what? And I'm Northern European. So I'm like, right. I would have more winter than summer. So I'm pretty sure that completely. If, yeah. That's how I feel. I think it's all good. I know. I'm like, yeah. no, my, but my doctor's always like, unique. And I'm like, same. No, I'm like, I'm Northern European. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly, we wouldn't have done that. I mean, we would have had, you know, just oils. Yeah. Right. And food, yeah. fish. Oils, foods, and getting outside when you can. Our ancestors were outside a lot more than we were. Yeah. Especially in the summertime because you'd be gardening, right? Yeah. So there was probably a lot more exposure than we are getting. I know I sit on my rump most of the day. And by the time I get outside for lunch, it's too hot to sit in the sun. It's like, sit all out, right? It's like, and the UV is at like 10 or more. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to burn. But yeah. I wanted to quickly bring up the new pathway offerings that I saw because yeah. I, I can't tell you how many wonderful humans I get to work with who are also, yeah. also doing your pathway work. I noticed recently that you added a somatic Mm-hmm. element. And I would love for you to just explain that because I thought that somatic work is so important as a way to actually feel your body. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because about, I want to say like eight months ago, I was talking with Jessica and I was like, we really, and the team, you know, we really need to bring out more deep imaginings. Like we really need to put more love into the pathway right now, but I never like to just throw things in there. Like I like them to channel or we together, like we need this or the community saying they need this. And, and so we're like, we're going to do these new deep imaginings and then we'll start to, you know, really, really focus on that. And I was like, the only way we can do this is if we work with some of the best people that can make them so targeted and so effective because all I care about usually are results and mm-hmm. and quick results because I know people don't have a lot of time. And so we started talking to like the best hypnotists at Stanford and the best this and we would, you know, and it just none of it. It's kind of like the vitamin D thing because I know what's needed for manifestation that I was like, I get that they're there and that's the research. But we're already beyond that at this point. I had this one morning I woke up and I said, oh my God, Janelle, 
she was a client of mine very early on and she's done this work. She knows it through and through. And she's an EMDR therapist amongst many other things as a licensed, you know, family and marriage therapist. And I've said there's, she's so busy. She's so booked out. She probably never has the time, but reach out to her and let's just see. And we brought her and she was like, I would love this. Like, yes. And we brought her in and we're like, here are the X amount of deep imaginings we're going to, you know, release in mid-year. Can you just take a look at them through the EMDR lens, through somatic experiencing lens, through a therapeutic lens? Like, I want to make sure that that the most effective and targeted ones are going out. And she just saw it, like, from, like, really. And she was like, you can't do any trauma renegotiation unless your nervous system is completely, completely relaxed. And so she was like, in order to get them here, we have to do this. And she saw it like we do, like it, like the structure. And so we added new somatic experiencing techniques into them. EMDR inspired because we don't want to dysregulate anybody. So we don't like we do the bilateral stimulation, but we don't do it during any trauma renegotiation. Because for someone who doesn't isn't resourced, doesn't have support, that could really spiral them out. So we're very safe in it and that they're really doing it to, you know, implant the new positive belief when it's time. So there's no like spiritual bypass or anything. And then we brought in the neuroscientist psychiatrist that we always work with, you know, and to have her look it over. And she had all of these great ideas. So basically, the new deep imaginings that are coming out are so unbelievably effective and we have new like hypnosis techniques that we're using in it to drop in quicker it's just they're so great and we're about to release so many good things i'm like can i talk about the one here i don't know <laughs> if i'm allowed to from our company but number one we're about to release the app everybody's been requesting it for six years now and so that's coming out very soon and we're releasing a monthly check-in and what that's going to be, which is so exciting, Jessica and I were just like finally refining it the last this week and we've done it ourselves this week and we're like, this is so good. <laughs> we're like, this is going to be so effective. And basically, it's just a quick workshop that every month people are going to go to. And it's honestly going to be, it's going to show them how to become their own coaches, like their own TBM coaches for themselves. Because through that workshop, they're going to be able to read and understand their own energy and really understand like what unblocking's needed, what expanding's needed, how to pair together the patterning of what happened in the last month. So it's just going to be so, so good. And we'll be releasing that with the new app. So when people go over to the app, that's what will live in there. I'm like, what other cool shit are we doing? Uh, this is like stuff that's lighting me up right now for uptown i know i'm like stoked <laughs> otherwise i've just been like farming with the donkeys and i'm always like call me when something's interesting in the company <laughs> and those things are really exciting well i feel like the the farming with the donkeys it is kind of like the baseline right and it's like that it almost seems like that allows you to to engage in that other energetic work that you're doing you know well for me it's like what's happening on my land is my authentic self mm -hmm. Like that's really me, like everything we're teaching people to do in the company, that's me living out like my true authentic code, my true authentic self. But I also have these other little gifts. However, I'm not alone in them anymore. Like Jessica has gotten so good. I mean, she's like so key because she's so interested in the neuroscience aspect where I'm much more interested in the result and energetic aspect. So she's like such a key player in helping to refine or 
come up with or research or like work with Janelle to get these things really targeted. And then I get to go in and I'm like, oh, without this thing, this manifestation, et cetera, et cetera, like they need this to make this happen. So it's like the best team work we have at the moment. And we have Grace, who's like so brilliant at like how to communicate it with the world, how to set it up, like the beauty and the looks of it. Like we just have such a solid crew. So each of us, I'd say, are living out our authentic selves. And that's allowing us to bring each of our strong suits and gifts to make this work just so, so effective for people. That's all we ever care about. I'm like, for that really low accessible buy-in a month, I want them to be getting what they could be getting out of therapy and to be getting results like manifesting what they want, you know? And so that's always our goal and, and just really fun stuff. And at the end of the year, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but you know, I'm going to say it. <laughs> at the end of the year, we're releasing more deep imaginings that are like so on point for what we need, for what people will need. So it's just really, really, really exciting stuff that, oh. that's happening over here. It is exciting. And I honestly love seeing the testimonials that you're now doing. It's, because it's before crazy. I felt like, okay, you know, people can wrap their head around it. But now with the testimonials, you're like, oh, this is actually the work. But also just to tie it all up in a really beautiful bow is like, what I discovered on my healing journey was that it wasn't just healing my body and learning how to to take care of my body, but it was also healing the emotional and spiritual body yeah. to really help bring everything into alignment. And again, I see it in my practice every day that the work that you're putting out, it's about manifestation, but I also find that it's helping. It, it's clearing. It's clearing yeah. so that people can get in line with their essential self and their authentic self and create the life that they're really that they really want for themselves, completely uh, mind, body, spirit. So it is interesting, uh, like from an internal perspective, you know, we're always thinking about, you know, like with the app, especially putting it out that people, you know, on the team will be like, well, let's just, you know, like, let's just focus on the mental health piece. And I was like, mm, what sets us apart from any company out there is that people will always chase after the dangling carrot of what you want to manifest in your life without realizing that along that following journey, they have completely healed. Not, I'm not going to say that we're healing people's mental health. I don't want to make that claim, but they've integrated a lot of their shadow, that they've renegotiated a ton of their trauma, that they've healed a lot of their inner child or continuing to parent and reparent their inner child all in the name of that, you know? And so, of course, they're getting the thing that they want, you know? And and I think that I think that the manifestation is what keeps people motivated. It's what always has kept me motivated. And I'm like, we can never lose that because it's actually what's going to allow them to renegotiate so much more than they would if, if they were going for a meditation app or for a whatever app or what, you know? And I'm like, this is the whole package. And that's why that's so important to me still. And I think, you know, to the key players on our team. It's deep work. I would definitely say that the manifestation, as I know just from my clients, as they are doing the work, that that clearing and that maybe even meeting their inner child for the first time or repenting themselves for the first time, just that awareness, that expansiveness begins to clear the path for what oh, yeah. they really want. Because I think they're so... If anybody's like me, what I thought I wanted. Oh, yeah, same. What I thought I wanted. What I thought I wanted. And the universe is like, 
we're going to have to rock bottom you to figure that one out. <laughs> You're really yeah. trapped. <laughs> well, let me help you out. Let me yeah. you out. <laughs> What's that little three in your one three? Let me help you. <laughs> let me just, you know, I'm, it's funny because I thought of myself as the person who loves change. And yeah. when I actually got really honest with myself is that I love to jump into things and then jump out. Yeah. And so because I would jump into things headlong, I thought, oh, I like change. But in what I noticed during healing is that I had the protocol, I was healing, but I was healing with the mentality of fix it and go back mm -hmm. to my life. And mm -hmm. then my body, my illness was like, no, you're not going back to that mm -hmm. life. You're actually here not just to work on your body, but you're here to work on your emotional body as well. Mm -hmm. And and I ragdolled. I was like, okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. What came out the other side was a different person then I went in and the things that I thought I wanted, I was like, who wanted them? Like, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? When we really do get in touch with like who we truly are and we're not living out of the guise of our trauma and what expectations were and what you have to be to be loved. When all of that starts, it's just like, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. So that's why this is so synergistic, you know, with the food and the healing and, oh. and all the stuff. Yeah, the food for like the beans really healed my nervous system, allowing me to be able to access mm. the inner child, allowing me to access the shadows, allowing me to actually reorientate myself from a place of authenticity and integrity. And to this day, I don't have the anxiety that I had before beans. Mm. You know, it's like after beans, I have this, whenever I get anxious now, it's interesting because I'll look for where I'm out of alignment. Wow. Mine is always hormonal because I'm still like in the throes of, you know, with the, like the childbearing years. But I'm always like, oh, this is a little bit of estrogen. That's what's going on here. You know, I can I can spot it. It's very rare. But when it happens, I'm like, <laughs> more beans. <laughs> totally. Lacey, you are a joy and a light in my life. And I adore you. And I am just thankful for you. And I'm thankful for the work that you are doing. I just want you to know every day I get to hear about it through my clients and how important the work has been for them and what they're manifesting and just how you are a, creating a space and, and a and a offering that is helping people change the course of their lives so i just want to say thank you oh thank you so much well without you unique i wouldn't i don't think i'd have my baby and my health and and all of the stuff so i'm just equally as grateful and you're so a powerful sorceress i'm pretty sure yeah. you're gonna bring in whatever you like one way or another you brought me in <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just great and it's so beautiful to watch you in your purpose and and you know that it's going so well and that people are all benefiting so deeply so thank I you love for this it. conversation thank you yeah <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lacey. I love sitting down with her. It's literally almost like you just caught two friends chatting about life in general. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you are looking to get onto the Dean Protocol or for more guidance, you can go to my website, yourgreat.com, Y-O-U-R-E, great.com. And um, I'd be happy to guide you and create a plan to address your health needs. Thank you so much again for joining me. Have a wonderful night or day or morning, wherever you are in the world. <laughs>